0: Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, On Easter Sunday, uh, I called my family back up in Ohio. Uh, They were all together having a uh, a fun dinner and all those things. And uh, uh, as we often do, they pass the phone around. And even though it's 2023, we don't use FaceTime. We use the phone. I don't know why. But it was handed to my brother, and I started talking to my brother. And it had been a minute since I talked to him. It was great to talk to him, and we were talking, and I don't know, longer than it should have been. Jack says, this isn't John, this is Jack. Jack's my nephew. He sounds just like my brother. I was talking to my nephew. You, You ever do that? All the time. About a week or two later, Ethan was mistaken for me, and Sometimes we sound alike. There are other times in my life when I've been living in, 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 in the area with, with folks that know my dad, and they look at me, and they express, man, you look just like your dad. You act just like your dad. You are a spitting image of your father. You're a chip off the old block, right? Maybe that's happen to you sometime somewhere along the way that that for each of us we, we become we are the summation of those who are around us in so many ways right maybe you're able to finish the sentence of your closest friends you, you know the thoughts of your spouse before they know them Right? That, that somehow, in some way, there, there are direct ways, like the sound of our voice, the, the color of our eyes, our height, those types of things that are a result of the genes, but there are so many other ways that the, the, the people that are around us rub off on us, and they form us, and they shape us, right? Doesn't that happen? I mean, it, it's not a far cry to say that, that in me, I, I have, at times, the spirit of my dad, I sound like him sometimes, I think like him sometimes, scarily so, right? As we celebrate Pentecost, the power of this celebration, the power of this feast is is that you have the Spirit of God in you. You have the Spirit of God, you are... You, you are empowered, you, are in, you, you have within you the very Spirit of God. That, that's incredible. That, that, that's amazing. Think about that. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ Jesus Himself is in you. That's amazing. You, you, you don't seem amazed. That, that's amazing. Just trust me on this one, right? It's incredible. It's, it's mind-blowing, right? right? I mean, the, the Spirit, it's been around since, since the beginning, since before the beginning of all creation, right? The, the Spirit was there. It hovered over the deep. The spirit was there. It breathed into Adam the breath of God. The spirit was there. It was involved throughout. It was there at the burning bush. Right? The Spirit of God, we, we heard today uh, that the Spirit of God was there at Mount Sinai. It, it descended onto Mount Sinai and it was, was given to Eldad and Medad as they were able to proclaim the goodness of God. The, the Spirit of God was there in the fiery furnace. Right? The, the Spirit of God has been with the people of God in various ways, in various elements throughout. Certainly there at the baptism of Jesus. But, but today, on Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate that this same spirit that empowered and, and invigorated the ministries of Elijah and Elisha, man, it, it comes to y'all or as I was reminded this weekend, it comes to all y'all, right? I'm getting there. I'm trying to get the expressions, right? It, it comes to all of us. It comes to the church. Today is the birthday of the church, the beginning of the church, and it it matters, not not, not because he'd never been here with us before, but 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 He's with you to remain, right? I mean, that's the promise that we've been talking about for the last several weeks, that that Jesus over and over again says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to take care of you. Today, He makes true on His promise. Today, God's promise is real. And the Spirit descends in a room and tongues of fire hover on the disciples and those that were gathered and and the amazing thing that comes out of that right after that right we we don't really have kind of a transition in the story from acts but but what happens is the the spirit comes and the very next thing that happens is peter begins to preach peter begins preaching right And, and so much we call today the the birthday of the church Because today, the the gift of the transmission of the gospel comes to the people of God. Today, we celebrate that the good news comes to you. Right, right? Jesus is the good news, right? His death and his resurrection, his ascension, all of that. That, that was the, the victory. That was the celebration. That was, that was what made God's work real. That's what opened the gate unto eternal life. All of that was Jesus. Today we celebrate that you and I know about it because of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, that truth of who Jesus is doesn't make it forward. The Spirit empowers the church to continue to carry forward the message of your salvation. This is the Holy Spirit. You have been in moments where you didn't know what to say, haven't you? You don't know what to do, you're, you're, you're overwhelmed, a moment where things are, are hard and difficult. The Holy Spirit comes and gives you a word. A proclamation. A declaration. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the power of what the Holy Spirit does. And who the Holy Spirit is. Right? The the reality in Acts 2 is that there was a celebration going on in Jerusalem that day. P-Pen- Pentecost is the day that we today now celebrate from Acts 2, but, but Pentecost was a celebration that went way back before then. Pentecost didn't start on this day. It, it was already a thing. The, the Holy Spirit just changed it. And, and Pentecost was a celebration going back into the Old Testament days because it was a celebration of what God was doing for the Israelites. Pentecost was the end, the conclusion of the feast or the festival of Sukkot, which is the the festival of weeks. Lasted for 49 days, and the 50th day was Pentecost, as we've been talking about with Easter and now today. But what that celebration was, was when when the Israelites were at Mount Sinai and God came and, and blessed them and gave them the greatest gift they'd ever received to that point. The gift of the law. Pentecost was the the gifting of the Ten Commandments. How God was going to bless the Israelites and how He was going to walk with them and how He was going to teach them and how He was going to show them what it meant to be the children of God and how to be siblings with other children of God. Do you need any help knowing how to be a better sibling? right that that, that's what pentecost was about for the old testament that's why there was a a big gathering of people in jerusalem to celebrate the gift of the law and and it was it it started out as an agricultural holiday and, and festival and celebration that that god provides and brings provision through through the land through the earth and so crops were involved in celebrations that way and, and so at, at Mount Sinai, they were, they were still in the wilderness. They were still on the journey to get to the promised land. They weren't there yet. And, and because of the agricultural roots, they, they wanted to celebrate Pentecost. But at Sinai, they said, this is how you're going to do it. But, but you can't do it until you get to the land you're going to. So there was anticipation. There was hope for something that, that was going to ultimately be. But they had, to, they had to sit and wait. You know what it means to sit and wait? Frustratingly so. Expecting God to deliver on his promise, but it's not yet here in your grasp. You're not yet holding it. You're lost. You're wondering. You're waiting. And you begin to doubt and question. Have you been there? And so God gives this gift of the law, right? And we've talked about just a quick refresher of what the three things the law does for the people of God, both the Israelites and now for us. There are three means, three uses of the law. The first is it's a curb, right? Think about a curb on a road. It keeps you on track, That's what the law does, right? That's, That's what our judicial system is about. It keeps society civilized in theory, right? That's what the law is for. That's why God gives us the law to help us stay on the path. But the second thing that the law is, the second image is, it's a mirror. It shows you that you are off track, right? It shows you how far you are from living the life that God calls you to. It's a mirror that shows you that you need Jesus, Amen. You can't do this on your own. You're not going to be successful. You're going to fall and you're going to fall often and that's even before you get out of bed in the morning, let alone when you actually start your day. You're going to fail. And it drives you to your knees and it shows you your need for Jesus. The final part of the law the final use of the law is is now as as ones who are in jesus as ones who have been claimed by him as ones who his saving and beautiful work has come over you the law becomes a guide it it becomes a a a friend that that helps you drives you deeper into the heart of god so that you can well you can be a chip off the old block you won't be you're still going to mess up but it can show you the way to walk. And it guides you into the heart of the Father. This, this is what they're celebrating in so many ways. And, and so on this Pentecost, as, as the whole city of Jerusalem is ready to celebrate this great gift of the law to the people of God, isn't it just like Jesus? Isn't it just like our Father to have it all orchestrated that, that, that today He gives the greatest gift to the church. He gives you His Spirit. He gives you His Spirit. He gives you His Spirit that you can walk in life so that you have power god creating star hanging power in you this is the holy spirit right i love i love you've heard me tell this but it's so i think poignant for pentecost the the story of god creating adam right he's there he's in the in, the, in the, the area and, and it, it says that the water is making the mud and, and the, the, you know it talks about dust but really water and dirt together is mud the, the first image we have of our father in heaven is him playing in the mud isn't that great and he's there and he forms and fashions Adam out of that mud, out of that clay and he's there but he's lifeless and then it says that Our our Father in Heaven breathes into Adam and He becomes alive. He lives. This is the church. We've been formed. but, But without the Holy Spirit, we are lifeless. We are hopeless. We are lost. It is not until the Spirit breathes His life into us that we are alive that we tap into the power and the movement of God after Adam's raised and all the animals are coming and God is looking for a suitable mate to go with him and brings all the animals and none of them are right and he says I, I, I got an idea Adam I know what I'm going to do And he puts him to sleep, takes a rib from the side, and he crates his bride. You see, God, in his forbearance, in his wisdom, he knew that the saving work for the world would be Jesus and his death on the cross. That that was the moment. That was the event. As as it says in our Gospel, that was when Jesus was glorified as He was dying to save the world. And it was complete. It was done. It was finished. Isn't that what He says? It is finished. And yet, our Father in Heaven said we need a suitable partner for Jesus and his saving work and so out of his side as he hung from the cross a Roman guard pierced his side water and blood flowed out water and blood flowed out and the church was born The bride, you are the bride of Christ. But much like Adam, it isn't until today when the wind of God, the breath of God comes and fills the room that the bride becomes alive. You are alive because of Jesus and because the Spirit looks upon you and says there is work to be done. The good news of Jesus needs to be proclaimed and I'm going to use you to do it. There are people who are thirsty. And the Spirit has put in each of you life-giving rivers of water to go and to give. That's Pentecost. That's who we are. You have the gift of life in you. Go give it away this is our calling this is the church you know there's a a reality that the church and all that it stands for it it doesn't it doesn't mean the same in our world today does it? it doesn't have the same place in society right people find you out you believe in Jesus that you're a Christian and they kind of back away these days ridiculed dismissed so what you have the power of the holy spirit in you what what in this world could ever defeat us nothing the spirit of god flows through us so let's go live let's go breathe life into people by giving them a drink by walking alongside of them by helping them by loving them by embracing them by walking with them by sitting with them let us go and give the gift that we have to those who need it that's our calling that's our marching orders That's our mission, to give as we've been given. In the name of Christ, amen.